is recording. Dave, we're live. The question is, what are you <laughs> screwing up this time? What am I blowing? It seems so far, I mean, it takes a while to get used to these freaking podcasts. Uh, the, you know, this is now, uh, we're now pros at this. We're officially pros. Well, in these new times, you know, like there was a time where I just leaned on somebody for everything because, you know, I was allowed to do that. Now, uh, I just had to be on my own. It's like my office, uh, my studio, uh, it's all in my house. So I uh, don't have any techs. I to figure out how to do this crap myself. I, had a call, I actually called a couple of our crew guys yesterday about something. Uh, of course, awesome. you know, when you call them, you want to start it with like, hey, man, I just want to check in. How you doing, man? Yeah. You don't yeah. want to be like, hello. And it's like, hey, so I got this problem in my studio. Yeah. Oh, nice. How are you doing? <laughs> I would never need to call you otherwise. So, But I, but I had the, the treat of having where I called one guy and he didn't answer. So I called another guy and he answered. So I talked to him and then I had the nightmare of the first guy calling me back like five minutes later. And then it's like, ah, uh, yeah, I already called so-and-so. They gave me all yeah. the info I need. So you're useless I was, now. I was going to ask you how you were doing, but I don't need yeah. to do that now. Just I already got it. that info. But then it's like, now the crew guy knows it like, wow, but he did call me first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they share the information. Did Tyler try to call you? Because he called me. Oh, yeah, like eleven in the morning. Send me a screen. Send me a screen grab there. I want to know uh, <laughs> what time did he call you? What time uh, that came in? <laughs> but that's to say, it doesn't matter. There's always you're always relying on other people, man. I always sit up the crew guys. Be like, how do you plug this thing into this? I pushed this button and it exploded. But that's uh, feeling you know all what? grown up again. You, man. Feeling all grown we, up again. We're adults finally. We can actually make our own meals. Um, we have to be our own masseuses. Uh, you know, all these things that adults, you know, have to bathe ourselves. It sucks. Well, I'm, I'm at the point where I have to bathe <laughs> other human beings too. It's really tough. You told me the day that you're like, oh yeah, after a long day, you know, had this CBD bath bomb bath. And I'm yeah. like, you dude, you are a mom. You got your I'm glass of Char mom. Chardonnay with I, one ice cube in it. <laughs> I was like, just don't talk to me. I put a face cloth over my forehead, you know. Like you got the cucumber things in your eyes. That's you now. The, the truth is, you know, mom. like you, you spend a lot of time with kids and they wear you down, man. They wear you down. It doesn't matter how great the kids are. They just like, they, they demand a lot out of you. So, you know, that that Chardonnay in the tub feels good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a hard, being a parent is a, huge job and i i wouldn't know i mean it's not 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 yet i don't have any kids but i'm totally like the i'll be like the cool uncle that comes over and i got all these tats and i'm like hey like, kid you ever do ayahuasca <laughs> <laughs> and you're like don't tyler they do like the no, joke tyler, that's, that's not appropriate <laughs> yeah hey kid you ever roll you know how to roll cigarettes you know, like I'll totally be that guy that makes like the joke and you're like, no, that's that not. sticks with the kids though. It's not about what the parents <laughs> think that sticks with the kids. That's right. Let's talk about our show today. We got, uh, this is yeah. going to be super exciting because for us, probably the most outside of our box that we've been. Although I think, you know, personally, I consider myself a bit of a stand up comedian. I sometimes envision myself going and doing really? like stand up and full on just like, it not going well like it was <laughs> it's terrifying but uh you know me and you we have a sense of humor that we kind of both share and uh our guest today i think he fits right in with with our there it is humor. is that our new merch symbol <laughs> is that, yeah. and we do both go hand in hand, hand. It goes hand in hand what is that what is that from is it some charity that was, thing, right that was for me. For me, that was from an old Allison Chains VHS tape I had, the Nona tapes, where uh, Jerry Cantrell dressed up as Nona and went and interviewed all the guys. And he interviewed oh, yeah. Sean Kinney, who was dressed up like a clown. And he said, and the the question was, can you draw any parallels between your work as a drummer for Allison Chains and and you being a clown? And he he said, we'll both go hand in hand in making children happy. <laughs> Across this great land. <laughs> and I just thought it's it was such a great, it's a great right. answer. Well, other bands can be comedic too. It's like, it's funny when like you're a funny guy and people are like, you should be a comedian. You're like, no, it's, no. there's, don't even like try. They're, 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 they're comedians because they actually legitimately, that's like some guy can play acoustic guitar and they're like, you should, you should yeah. get out there and just, do, and it's like, well, it's, a, you should be yeah. Ed Sheeran. 
Yeah, exactly. I would never try to believe that we are like legitimate community. We're funny. We're the funny guy. We're the funny guys. That's it. That's the end of it. You gotta, you gotta, when you're, when you want to be a funny guy, you want to be comedic, you gotta know where your ceiling is, you know, like don't, don't try to, yeah. and if there's a funnier guy in the room, you know, don't, don't try to outdo him. Don't funny duel him. You're going to lose. Just know yeah. he's funnier and just back up a bit, you know? Well, I always try like, to tell people down. like, what's the, like for music, they always, uh, people say, what's, what's the, like something you have to really learn. And I say, what you got to really learn is what sounds terrible. You have to know what bad is in order to know what good is. You can't like, cause there's so many people just think they're good and you're like, that's not good. But same that's with comedy, tell- right? We had me and Dean and a guy who worked yeah. at uh, the restaurant we worked at and he was a totally funny guy. And then I guess people were just like, you're a funny guy, man. You should be a comedian. So I guess he was like, you're right. And I, I didn't go, but Dean went mm. and I guess he did a stand up thing and they were like, did not work. You're like, exactly. It takes <laughs> it's, time. It's not like, you, it's I don't hard. think you can just jump on stage and with you, with your notebook no. of jokes or something. It's not going to work. You're like, you gotta, you gotta play the stuff live and, and, and be shut down by the crowd rework it, reword it. Sometimes the joke is right. It's the delivery. I mean, there's a lot to it. I think, I don't think it's, yeah. uh, it's just being funny. You know, we're, me and you have this thing where I think we've spent so much time together. Now we almost finish each other's jokes or, or it's like who can spit it out first. Cause we, somebody's <laughs> said something and both of our brains have manifested the same joke at the same yeah. time. Who can get it out first? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, being a comedian, man, that's going to be our, our, our next guest. And it's, uh, it's, I'm excited. I, you know, and one thing we do on this uh, show before we bring them on is we ask all of our guests some questions, like if they have any cool, uh, music stories or something, but one of them is if they have a charity, he, he has chosen the VH1 save the music foundation. So I thought this, uh, we thought that was really cool, obviously connected to what he does. So we'll have that, um, uh, in the link, if you go to our YouTube, but, uh, on the podcast, you know what, just do the work, be an adult and go find it. VH1 save the music foundation. You can donate there. Helps out, help out some peeps, but yeah, we'll have that link up. So, uh, yeah, I think we, uh, let's get right to it. Let's, let's Let's do it. Let's talk to a pro. Yeah, listen, I'm going to know my role here. As funny as I was watching, doing some research for this has probably been the funnest thing to do. Uh, but one of his little bits that he said actually at one point is he's like, you know, I'm a comedian. So people tend to try to be funny around me. And I was like, oh, that was totally me. I was going to get on here and try to be funny. Yeah. Back that up. And, but then he, but then he finishes it and he's like, which is awesome. And I'm like, all right, okay. So maybe I can stay, stick to the plan. Is that like being a musician and, and like everyone around you is like, singing a song well you get that once in a while you get some hey, fan hey, or some drunk let's guy. do happy birthday what key what key are we doing happy birthday yeah uh, me 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 yeah, the <laughs> guy's hitting like some high high octave he's like yeah happy birthday to you yeah. like, all right all right yeah yeah well this let's bring him on well, let's, let's bring him on for sure Hey, our guest today is a Kansas City comedian best known for his third place appearance on season four of NBC's Last Comic Standing, his one-hour special Ugly and Angry, which has Netflix top-rated specials for three years, by the way. His special, A Man from Kansas, he has two comedy albums, Last, Lost and Alone and Screaming from the Cosmos, and also can be heard on his very own podcast called The One Millionth Podcast with his own sister, but lastly, and most importantly, please don't mistake him for a basketball player or a porn star, Chris Porter. <laughs> what up? Oh, yes. <laughs> that was long. I realized, what up? That was longer than I, I was like, this is long. But hey, man, it's all the accolades. I've done a lot of things. <laughs> you have yeah. done a lot of things. I was saying to Ty, like, this is, for me, you know, researching uh, for this podcast has been fun because, you know, I'm getting, you know, we talked to some musical buddies and stuff, but this is, was the funnest for me because it was just like listening to your comedy specials. And of course I have a couple of young kids. So I was like, you know, listening to them on these while I was carrying my kids around and stuff. But uh, man, you, uh, your, your comedy is like right in line with Ty and I's sense yeah. of humor. And I was, I, I, I was oh, thanks, man. thinking this is going to be perfect for, for what we're into. That's awesome. It would have been, it would have sucked if you would have been like, yeah, I watched all of them. And you know, not really my thing. 
not good. Yeah. But- <laughs> the worst is the worst actually is which the most insulting thing that we've gotten as a band too is like when someone's like, "Hey man, you know, I checked out, I checked you out, and uh, it's actually pretty pretty good." It's like you're like, oh, yeah, like surprise. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know what? It's actually nice. It's, yeah. not, it's not terrible. Not terrible. No, man. When we met, I was like, you guys have got to be shit. And yeah. then turns out not so much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Turns out, yeah. I got in half for an episode. Yeah. Or the worst is when you try to like, you're like, hey, man, I love your stuff. It's so amazing. You're like, really? What, which one's your favorite? And they're like, Ah, I've caught fans mm. before yeah. where you're like, I'm not good yeah. with song titles. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, the one where you sing. Yeah. yeah. What's that one called? That's a good one. Or they I'll say think. someone else's song. <laughs> I'm mad. Oh, yeah, I get happened. that. That'll, ha- that'll happen after shows. They'll be like, oh, I love the bit you did about this. I was like, that was the opener. No. Or like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> or, or even worse, they'll argue with you. No, it wasn't. Yes. Yeah. That was you. Oh, yeah. They, they, it's they, funny. It's yeah. correct. They like to argue. There's definitely some parallels in in touring uh, as a band, and I and I think touring as a comedian. I, I wonder about this, you know, because we tour in a in a tour bus, and you know, we're we're four band guys, but then we also have a big crew, so we're usually like, you know, we're ten guys, twelve guys in a bus. It, do you get anything like that? Do you ever do any like bus touring, or I guess maybe driving touring, some kind of, or is it everything um, flying? Not with comedian, not not with comedianing, not with comedy. Uh, <laughs> You know, I rode around with uh, Chris Robinson and his, you know, both his bands. So I've definitely lived the life, but not, it was all recreational. Right. You lived the recreational uh, life. The It was like a fucking rock and roll fantasy camp is what I called it. It was like, hey, how would you like to just lay in the back of the bus and just hang out for a week? Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I'm missing fun. that right now. I'm missing that right now. Oh man, that's it's a, a great time. You're like pirates. You have your little <laughs> ship. You come into town. You plunder everyone's booty, and then you get the f out. And we had a buddy come perfect. out that uh, he was, he was in another band, and uh, his band had two days off or something. So he, I guess, he got super hammered, and I woke up in the morning, and he was on. He had just slept on our bus, and we were in another city from his band. And I remember, his, band was, his band was touring in a van. So, I mean, he made yeah. a smart tur- move, I think. And he did, yeah. he'd never been on a tour bus before. So, you you know, when someone's never been on a tour bus, when they get into the bunk and they go the wrong way and they're sleeping towards the bus driver. Oh, yeah. Like, now That's how new. you get Gloria Stefan. That's right. That's how you get Snap Neck. <laughs> Gloria yeah. Stefan. That's yeah. Great. yeah, yeah. It's like first I'm like, no, dude, so, you got to turn it around. It's like, why? I'm like, well, because you'd rather your ankles to be broken when we head on collision, yeah, go up the cliff. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was mean. sleeping in the back lounge most of the time, so I was sleeping perpendicular, dicular to the motion of the bus. So I was, it was just going to be a lot of face if we got into a wreck. So we had a we had a pretty good little uh, stoppage where uh, one of our guys smashed his face pretty good. Uh, our tour manager went flying and smashed his face into a door or something. Oh, I remember we've that. done some good stuff. We hit a deer one time. We hit a truck one time. One, we hit a yeah. bunch of good stuff. One good story was the. Uh, it was Kansas City. It was Kansas City. <laughs> this sounds that all happened, it, and we almost like he planned it. We. We were supposed to be in some sort of parade. Remember, Dave? Yeah. And we... I do. It was uh, St. Patrick's Day. It was St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. That's huge. And there was, they wanted us to be in the parade, the radio station. And for some reason, we didn't think we could get there in time or something. And uh, so we were driving into Kansas City early in the morning. I guess we could have made the parade. And there was some car, I guess, broke down or something in, in a lane and our no, no. What happened was there was a car broken down on the side of the road, and some car tried to drive up to pass our bus on the inside, and then realized there's a broken down car, and then tried to make it, and smashed in the side of our bus, and it like ripped the remember ripped like the door off, and then of course it was on the news oh. in the morning. It's like rock band uh, theory of a dead man. They had the chopper. So, right, yeah, the <laughs> chopper news chopper. And we're like. Guess you could have been in that parade after all. I remember. <laughs> I remember waking up, 
after we hit something and looking out in like a marijuana haze stupor and i was like what happened i'm going back to bed yeah. that was it. i didn't even didn't even crawl out didn't even get out of bed for it i slept through it i got That's out of hilarious. bed for the i got out of bed for the uh the deer which turned into just like a fine red mist <laughs> the deer one you just yeah. liquefied it yeah well the, oh, the bus was... drivers are trained to not they can't they can't veer because if you veer a tour bus the thing will just like full roll yeah. and kill everybody on side so they're trained, they're trained to, to act, accelerate uh, they're trained they're trained to mm, <laughs> gear down yeah so it's it's kind of gross but the bus drivers are like i have to hit the deer and people are like oh it's so sad it's like well it's either but also no not really yeah same time it's like well but i mean so you (laughs) when you travel a lot i remember coming back from a tour date it's from somewhere and i was on a plane and it was full of uh comedians there was a i think it was joe rogan's whole gang was on there and it was like oh probably i don't know where they're coming back from so do you do a lot of those kind of trips a lot of the fly-in. No, but I, I'll tell you what. If you're on a flight to L.A. on a Sunday or a or definitely a Sunday morning, you're probably on there with six comics. Yeah. Uh, just because that's our, you know, that's our day off. That's our day to come home. So, and we, you know, I do fly to every gig. I used to drive to like SF and Phoenix and I'm kind of over that even. I'm just right. too old for it. Yeah, also, if you've ever blown a transmission in the middle of California, you're like, yeah, I should have flown. Yeah. Oh. And uh, <clears throat> so, but yeah, it's like yesterday I flew home and Steve Byrne was sitting behind me and DL Hughley was to my left. So there you go. And uh, yeah, it's just, that's just kind of how it is. It's we comics even talk about it. It's like, ooh, who are we going to see at the airport today? <laughs> and it's all the same grossness, right? Like, so like, f- we always choose. We can choose when we want to fly home. We just tell our tour manager, but we all seem to choose like the super early first flight out. So you get, you know, lobby call four thirty, or whatever. Yeah. And then you get to the airport, and nothing's open, but you always see people like they're just circling, like just lying up to the chilies too. Just cannot wait yeah. for that pint of Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. I take the morning flight oh. because of travel trickle down now, which I find is like just the case. It's like <clears throat> when you get there at 9 a.m., everything's pushed back and pushed back. So if you don't yeah. sh- take the flight that's till like two in the afternoon, you're screwed because that flight's going to be like 5 p.m. scheduled. Obviously, it's going to get canceled. You're going to be screwed. Yeah. Just start early so you're at the airport and you can figure out what they fuck up. And everything's easier. When do you get there at five in the morning? There's nobody there. There's nobody there, especially people, now. I don't. I don't know if you've traveled lately, but it's like 1968. Uh, maybe without the carnage and the political unrest, but as far as airports go, it's they're dead. Yeah. They're all dead. 1968. Yeah. So people are smoking on planes. It's like Mad Men on. Them. I mean, I think you could probably get away with it at this point. It's Suitcase carte blanche. As long as you're yeah. wearing your mask while you do it, you could probably you use your mask as a filter. Listen, yeah, are you, then it's uh, probably good for you. There are you go. vaping in there, sir? No, I mean I don't know what that is that's coming out know. of here. What, yeah, are you, well, this guy next to me is smoking cigarettes? <laughs> yeah, are you vaping? No, I'm smoking a cigarette. Oh, okay, that, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Okay, <laughs> no, that's fine. We just don't like vapors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Oh God! So I was uh, reading some stuff, uh, and you have a bit of a a, a music story. It's just it's trying to right up our alley with the 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 Mumford and Sons or the Ampersand and Sons night. Oh yeah, that was a that was a crazy. I'll tell you what, my life is like twenty eight days of pure boredom, followed by four days of what the fuck, because it's. Uh, yeah, so that was definitely one of those nights where it was a Sunday night in Kansas City. I had met Justin at Kid Rock's house. Again, another WTF night. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so he called and they had played Sunday afternoon and didn't play again till Tuesday. They had Monday off in Kansas City. So they had flown in. I don't know, like five o'clock Sunday and 
Justin's like, let's go have drinks. And then the night happened just like I tell it. And I mean, I tell the bit exactly how it went down. I mean, I cut down, you know, I cut out stupid stuff that doesn't matter, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was a weird evening. <laughs> but you said uh, Justin, so it's uh, Justin Verlander. Verlander. Yeah. Yeah. The tide. And that was when he still played with the Cardinals and, uh, oh, okay. but yeah, or not the Cardinals, the Tigers, the, one of the animal mascots. And you were playing before he went over to, you're playing beer pong with Mumford and sons, but there was no Mumford. Yeah. The, what's the, what, I don't know what his name is. Uh, Gary Mumford. Uh, but he was, he wasn't there. It was just Ben, the keyboardist, Winston, the guitar player, was at the restaurant but didn't come to the house. And so it was basically Ben and then this uh, basically the fifth member that's like not in the group, but he's always touring with them. His name's Chris. And uh, he came over with a couple of other people. And uh, what I don't talk about in the bit is that Ben doesn't like beer so he was drinking whiskey every time Ooh. they made a shot so it got pretty dark pretty quickly and uh the funny thing is uh the last thing i ever heard for like me and justin still talk from time to time but the last thing i ever heard from and sons was saw the bit on comedy central and then that was like literally the last thing they ever said <laughs> no comments just saw it no saw it. yeah yeah we saw it <laughs> and I've tried to reach out a couple of times to no avail. So, well, what are I your guess, musical? What are your musical jams like? What did you grow up listening to? Because you're right in the same age group as me. I, I was born in '78. I think you're right around that ballpark. Yeah, so, I was what, born what you, in November of '78. Well, I was raised on like soul music and uh, yeah, like classic rock. But yeah, my parents. I remember. Uh, my parents told me like when they were growing up that you either had to choose disco or country music and like soul music. Like there was no different. There was no in between and they hated disco. So they just, they raised me on that music. So then when the black crows came out with hard to handle, I remember my dad's like, cause I think my dad was like, Oh, I've raised a weird kid. And, uh, with you know, because while all my friends were listening to Bon Jovi and, and and I still listen to that shit, but it wasn't what I really pursued, really. Uh, you know, so my dad turned me on to the Crows because they did the hard to handle cover, and I just remember even at twelve years old going, "This is just a bunch of white boys playing Otis," and uh, but I liked the rest of the record. The rest of the record, I was like, oh, these guys obviously listen to the music that I listen to right. and are influenced by it. And so and so the Black Crows have always been like the band of bands to me. And uh, and then through them, I found the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and a thousand other bands uh, along with them. So I've never heard of any of those bands. Stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, you got to <laughs> dig deep. You got to dig deep in the vinyl catalog, but they're there. They're those bands that you're like, oh, I have heard these songs. I just got a shipment of vinyl today, actually. I haven't even opened it up. Oh, I got to go, go take a look. You get a shipment yeah. from where? I just ordered, well, from this guy, actually, Main Street uh, Jukebox, uh, Strasburg, Pennsylvania. I, I nice went in plug. there once and then I just, yeah, well, hey, man, support your local yeah. record shop, man. It just was record store day not too long ago. Uh, so I just, uh, he, he just posts on Instagram records and it's always like some cool stuff. Soundgarden's doing a bunch of like, uh, cover songs or something. And I'm like, Oh, somebody sold. It always says sold right after. So I always just reach out to him and I say, Hey, I, I'm, I'm PayPaling you a hundred bucks. Send me some records. Oh, that's awesome. It's, fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. not like a service. It's not like one of those services on Instagram. No, I just take care of it because uh, for one, I think that a lot of people, you know, in this time have been hit heavy. And I, for me, I just, I don't want to see record stores go away. I just want them to stay in where they are. And so, the, I mean, I think they're, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out ways to adapt and get their catalog out to people, get people buying their stuff still. So 
I mean, I want to I want to be able to buy records when I get back out on tour eventually. So I'm hoping these when the places... pandemic first started, my my record store was on Postmates. Really? Yeah, like you, they like post shit that they had bought recently, and you can have it delivered. <laughs> What's the record store? Uh, it's called the Record Parlor. It's uh, it's so it's in the heart of Hollywood, right off Quanga on Yucca. No, it's Selma. It's Selma, and uh, you know they've got a lot of stuff, but they I wouldn't call them. Uh, you're not going to get any deals, but. Uh, right. You're not going to overpay. They just they know what they have and what it's worth. And, yeah. Uh, but I found some great shit there. And uh, sometimes I, uh, when there's not a national pandemic, they uh, let you come in and play rec- spin records for like an hour if you want to. So I've done that a couple times. Uh-huh. I may have to go check that yeah, out. It's one of it's one of my favorite things to do on tour is just go to a record store and blow blow an hour or two. Just let listening to the music they're playing, looking through the racks. I love the smell of the old yeah. dusty dead skin that's in the in those uh cardboard folders <laughs> dead skin. and you never know when you're gonna find something you've been looking for for years i found some good stuff i didn't even know i was looking for i mean i got that tom petty uh wildflowers record and then somebody was like that thing's worth like 900 bucks yeah and i'm like no way i don't and i'm like i don't even know where i got it where did i get this thing i picked it up on tour somewhere yeah i went into a record store and there it was and i'm like well oh, wildflowers probably paid 30 bucks for it or something but I don't care. I mean, I still you spin it, play it. I think they're re-releasing it, so maybe I'll buy that. And yeah, you already open one to rock, one. one to stock, one to rock, one to stock. I like that. Well, yeah, I've uh, I've done. I mean, I bought the Alice in Chains, Jar of Flies, uh, Sap uh, albums, like uh, two albums in one vinyl. And the day I got it, I put it on there, and then I. I went to put it on, and I dropped it out of my hands on top of the needle, and it landed and scratched two songs like Rotten Apple and Nutshell, my my favorite two jams, like right out of the gate. And I was like, man, and it's still to this day when I listen to it, I hear it. But, you know, now now those are nostalgic moments. I'm like, man, that's because I was so stupid and. I'm gonna write that yeah, down, Dave. I, that. I don't know. Maybe some of them. But it's also like, cool yeah. that you bought a when you buy a record and then 12 years later you check the price and it's gone up like a thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, that happened with a like I have a Led Zeppelin BBC Sessions set that the pressing I have even opened is worth like 600 bucks or something. Ooh, nice. Well, yeah, I paid because- 80 bucks for it. I was going to say, because uh, now, like, I went to a record store, I think it was, like, last fall, me and Dean went somewhere, and all the stuff that we listen to is now considered classic, so it's so easy to find stuff that maybe, like, when we were kids, like, the only, remember, everything had to be an import, it was like, I got this, yeah, some sort of record, it was Mud Honey, but it was, like, a Japanese import, and you had to get it shipped from Japan, it was, like, crazy, it was a bunch of money. Uh, you know now. Oh, I remember the CDs that were imports were always big, big, uh, or the or the bootlegs. The CDs yeah. had a lot, especially as a Black Crows fan. There were a thousand Crows bootlegs of like live shows, and because they allowed tapers, so it was like you'd see like all the little uh, CD ca- like sections, and the Black Crows one would be like thirty deep because it would just be littered with. And some of them sounded awful, but every once in a while you get a, a great one. It was great when when Napster first came out and I started to like yeah. see, I would get on there. And, you know, I was always one of those people that supported music. I bought everything. But all of a sudden you had access to stuff that you did, couldn't figure out how to buy before. And I was like finding songs, people performing with people. But you also found, like you say, some of the worst stuff. And, and I mean, as a band, you're probably like, I really don't want people to be able to access this stuff and then that's the way it is now i mean now it's like people listen to cell phone recordings of live shows and that's their audio quality that's what they like (laughs) yeah phone oh i remember i i remember being on the crows bus and them watching a video of a band in southern florida south florida covering i think uh black moon creeping or something and uh it wasn't the best cover, and I was just wondering what that band would think if they knew that the Black Crows 
were watching this. And it was like, it was sounded like the guy, because I think Chris said it. He was like, it's, the guy sounds like, or he sings like, he's like a strip club DJ. He was just like, a black moon creeping. <laughs> uh, all right. Next yeah, up right. is Cherry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next up is She Talks to Angels. <laughs> all right. Well, that's what everyone always thinks that if you came from that era, even though Black Crows were not grunge at all, they're, you know, they're definitely Southern Actually, rock grunge kind of killed them. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. A little bit. It's, uh, but everyone thinks like the grunge era, everyone, Sang like Eddie Vedder. It's like anytime you kind of end up, what did the grunge sound like if you had to emulate the sound? It would be somewhere there. It's like, I don't know. One person that sings like that, it hurts my throat even. <laughs> well, well, you, because not only, well, you had Eddie, but you also, Wyland was very, yeah, mumbly. Smelling like and then that was all you knew for a long time. Yeah, you're with your buddies, and all all five of you sing a different line after that. What? Oh, absolutely. Creed was a little bit like that, although that was that was way post grunge. Yeah, a little later, but yeah. yeah. So, so like shift into like comedy with this quarantine, the comedy comedy quarantine. Like, how has it affected? You and the fact that now you said, like you said the other day, that you that you just you came home was it yesterday. You flew home, so obviously you're still able to travel and work. But is it, is it been restricted? Is it tougher? Uh, yeah, it's all like it all went away. Like normally, I do forty to forty four weekends a year, and you know, I think I've done ah, fuck, maybe twelve because I went January till they made a stop, and then. You know, to be honest with you, I needed three months off. Like, I didn't realize it, but I've been doing this for a long time. So, but, you know, two months ago, it kind of got to a point where it was like, if we could all, if we could all just be a little more careful so we can go back to work, that'd be super great. Also, I have a lot of friends in the music industry, you know, tour managers and stuff like that. I know that are getting their just asses whooped. So... You know, you want to go back to work and, you know, the virtual shows help it. You know, it's fun to watch the industry adapt. You yeah. know, we're doing drive-in shows. We're doing virtual shows, uh, socially distant, you know, the shows I did in Columbus where there's a couple sitting here, then there's a couple sitting way over here. It's, and now there's plexiglass up in between sections. It's, you know, you just have to adapt and it's weird and uh, obviously not as lucrative as it once was. So you just have to, but also it's not, this isn't forever. Like that's right, right. A, a lot of people are freaking out. Like it'll never be the same. It's like, no, we're even if the virus sticks around, people are just going to get to the point where they're like, just play the concerts. I don't care. I'm going to show up, and if I get COVID, so be it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're already of, seeing that. But Only a matter of time till everyone's contracted it, and either you're healthy enough to survive, or I guess you just, you know. Yeah. Also, there could be a few less people on the planet. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to uh, disagree. You're going to disagree. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the exodus, though. L.A. rents dropping like flies and... You know, I'm getting ready to move to the valley just because I can afford it. Finally, yeah, move out here. To the I'm valley. Gonna, I'm heading to Sherman Oaks. Oh, I love. I used to live in Sherman Oaks. It's just getting a little too. I don't know, homeless Bonnaroo out here in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the other one that's out in uh, Palm Springs? Coachella. Coachella. So, bon is Bonnaroo like a little bit of a less? In a Coachella, uh, Bonnaroo is more of a camp. I mean, I've never been to either one of them. I just catch catch the vibe that Bonnaroo is more of a camping vibe, and Coachella is more of a Airbnb mansion vibe. Yeah, yeah. Bonnaroo's right out here. I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee, so Bonnaroo's like ah. just uh, up in Nashville, and it's it's totally hippie uh, camping. Uh, yeah, that kind of, that kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of that it's Red fun. Rocks like, vibe. Coachella yeah, is get, the get some private helicopter 
right. uh, just drop me in for the uh, the stat. Yeah, like we'll we're gonna go. We're gonna lay by the pool till three, and then we're gonna catch Steve Aoki. That's right. Who uh, and then maybe Steely Dan for some reason. Yeah, it's something you crazy different. Nut- you get any crazy nutty fans that do anything weird? Uh, you know, like follow you or go to come to show to show. You got any of those kind of people? Does that happen in in? Comedy? I mean, I do have fans that come to multiple shows, and they usually come up. You know, well, back when we were doing meet and greets, they would be like, "Oh, I'm coming Saturday," and I'd just be like, "Well, it's the same show." Same. Like, uh, and they're like, "No, I love it." And so you start to realize, and I had to realize this a couple of years back. Uh, some people are totally into that shit. And then you realize, because I came up in a, again, following the Black Crows, where it's a different show every night. It's a different set list. Uh, almost 100% different. Right. Uh, and so I always kind of thought that's what fans wanted. And then, you know, as I've started to build up a catalog, you start to realize, you know, fans are, during show, once I started doing a and a during shows, fans would start requesting old bits. And you're like, oh, no, people want to hear. Yes. You know, there is a reason why some fans were mad when they left a Black Crow show because they didn't play She Talks to Angels. And it's right. like, uh, oh, yeah, some fans just want to hear the hits. And, uh, and then when I started going to Kid Rock shows, I mean, that dude... He unabashedly has played the same show pretty much for a few years now. And the fans are like, that's what I love about it is like, I know exactly what's coming. We kind of do that. We dial it in more like, you know, we kind of know what songs we want to play. We, there's a, usually a few variables, but for the most part, we've got the, the bedrock of the set is, is already in place based on, you know, what we think the fans really actually want to hear. But I think that's the cool uh, thing about the Black Crows and bands like Pearl Jam for me, where, where I've seen Pearl Jam in Vancouver and then a couple of me, but my buddies and I drove and saw them in Seattle a few nights later. And I was in, in the crowd telling them the songs that they're going to play. <laughs> and then they didn't play any of the songs and it was like oh yeah they opened with this they have the, they play jeremy oh yeah of course they're, yeah, they'll play jeremy after. Yeah. and then they didn't play any of that stuff and i'm like uh well i don't know like i didn't know they played how do they even know this many songs i mean i, I, I how do they know like the music <laughs> we learned 15 songs yeah. for a show and that my brain is at capacity I need to bump, yeah. I need to forget one if I need to learn another one <laughs> and then they'll just throw in a cover that they worked up at sound check yeah well, Eddie, you know, which is yeah. insanity. Eddie's got his yeah, book, right? He's got his, yeah, he's got his bottle of wine book. and he's got his book. And I'm not sure what? how he does it, but his lyric book? And CR has a monitor with lyrics. Right. Yeah. yeah, which is fair. Idea. I mean, when you have a repertoire yeah. of yeah. a thousand songs. Yeah. I never forget You're going to forget a couple ever. of words. Never. <laughs> I've done the Zavazazus. It's the it's the the oh, yeah. our hair. The Steven Tyler approach. Yeah. yeah. It's the zoo. You sing it because I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> we started with Motley Crue, so I called the Vince Neil thing. It was like, oh, the Vince Neil. Yeah. Turn the mic every time. Yeah, but they'll come that day. Oh. I'm already halfway there. I just like one of those things where like, where did I? put this i you know i just i'm getting there i'm starting to notice i'm i'm also starting to do the i wonder if comedians use this too i'm sure they do where you just like i started on the cbd doesn't do shit and then i got this cbd yeah. with the thc boom that's the magic that's the magic uh it's the thc it's just THC. You yeah don't exactly need the CBD. You drop the cbd and you yeah drop the C- no, cbd is yeah. for people that do yoga or something yeah, i don't I don't, I think it's a, a bit of a placebo. I think some people are like, no, it's amazing. I'm like, I'm not sure. It's really expensive. Oh, yeah. As soon as you put the THC in, then you're like, all right. And, uh, <laughs> feel good. Feel good. But then, but then it's just like, what, what is the lyrics? I've seriously gone. I think I went on stage one night and the intro was rolling and I had to ask someone else in the band. I'm like, what's the opening line for, for low life. (laughs) So when I had a cover, when I had a cover band, I was pretty good. You know, we'd have to play four sets a night and I knew almost all the lyrics by heart, but there was one Tom Petty song that I just could never get in between before every verse. I would look at my 
guitarist and be like, <laughs> as it start? And he'd, he'd give me the first line and then I'd be good. Yeah. What was the band or what was the uh, song you remember? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was You Don't Know How It Feels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. And then I remember one time uh, my my I came from my dad's side of the family is pretty musical. And so my uncles play in a bunch of bands in Kansas City and they called me up and my uncle told me he was going to do it. He was, said, you're going to sing Come Together. And, you know, most songs I always learned because they told a story. And so you just had to remember how the story went. Yeah. Come together is just nonsense words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From start to Coca-Cola. finish. What? What is he talking about? Yeah. Like none of it makes sense. Yeah. And so Holy I got, roller. I listened to that song for 24 hours, got up on stage, two lines into it, just lost it. And I, <laughs> Steven Tylered my way through it. And the audience didn't buy it for a second. No, they're like, you son of a bitch. How dare you? I mean, when you forget, <laughs> right? You forget a Beatles, you don't know the lyrics to a Beatles song. It's like you don't know the lyrics to the national anthem. Yeah. Yeah. But also, they don't know the lyrics either. They only know them when John's singing it for them. And they can That's just you're sing you're it singing, along with like, you're like, well, feed me a line then. Exactly. Feed me a line. Come <laughs> well, on. That's like how many times are we on stage and some fan is like, Freebird. You know, there's always some guy yells, oh. Freebird. And I now what I say, he goes, oh, yeah? Do you even know how Freebird goes? And I guarantee you, the guy's like, isn't it like Sweet Home Alabama or something? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you play Freebird? Yeah. Sing me a line from Freebird. They don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then it comes out and it's Ronnie Van Zant come to life. Yeah. And you're like, like, right. oh, shit. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm Finally. Ready. Like, shit. Finally, somebody took <laughs> the bait. <laughs> <laughs> I've been yelling at it concerts for yeah. years. That's I never died. That'd Finally invited on stage. Oh man, if that it was real, like there's so many people I wish would come back. But we've we've that's the cool thing about being in bands. We've like we've been able to tour with like our idols. Like we've we've done shows with Lin multiple shows with Leonard Skinner. Uh obviously yeah. not the original lineup, but uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, Motley Crue, we did a couple tours with Motley Crue, but there's uh, you know, we've there's definitely been some bucket list bands and you got to keep like dave says he's like yeah keep it on level don't be going all fanboy on any of these people don't be knocking on their dressing room door or going to their bus and being a jerk because that's so embarrassing <laughs> but has there been anything like that no. for comedians is there comedians you're like shit man if i got to tour or open for you know whoever that would be like i could die this guy um well like i you know i got to open for hedberg when he was still alive uh there you go which was super great. I learned a big lesson. I met Robin Williams by surprise. I, uh, we, uh, I was there with a couple of friends and they were, they smoked cigarettes. So we had gone out so they could smoke. And when we came back, Robin was in our seat, you know, from the back, he's just an older gray haired man. And so we tapped him on the shoulder. Like, Oh, we're sorry. We were sitting here. We we're just out smoking. And he was like, he turns around and it's fucking Robin Williams. And he just, he does all, and he just turns into Robin Williams. Like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and I just remember all I wanted was to say that my dad's friend and his brother were in business together. And I just couldn't get the words out because I couldn't calm down enough. And I just took that as a huge life lesson. So I remember... When the day came for me to actually meet Chris Robinson, I actually knew it was going to happen like three hours in advance. And so I was like, don't Robin Williams it. <laughs> and uh, so I was always, I was like, just be cool, you know, in introduce yourself, speak when spoken to, you know, and, uh, and it worked out. Luckily, you know, that's kind of how I met him. And he was kind of holding court and talking to a bunch of dudes and then at the end of it i was just like hey man you know you've been one of my idols my whole life it was cool to meet you uh i'll be at your show in two weeks and he was like well come backstage and hang out and i was just like <laughs> and, and then uh and that's what started our friendship and uh and so yeah but yeah i always took that as a life lesson but as far as people i'd like to tour with uh yeah, I mean Bill Burr would be great. Uh 
it'd be it'd be fun to tour with really anybody just to you know because comics don't normally do that as you know so it'd be nice to have that uh, like a double headlining kind of thing but uh yeah it'd be fun to do it with like chad daniels or even like my buddy tone bell i mean there needs to be some i just think if you had me and bill on the same bill uh that's just two angry white dudes it's just a lot of <laughs> yelling uh so but yeah uh but uh yeah i'd like to i'd also like to go open for a band like shinedown always talks about it i don't know if it's ever going to happen i opened for zach and brent a few times i actually did open for shinedown one night in kansas city and it went okay I think that uh, it's a good pairing. I, I like the the comedy and music. I, I guess uh, Tenacious D they had a com- comedian open for them, and I think that is a, is a beautiful pairing because Tenacious D is already sort of a comedic band. So I can see yeah, Metallica had Brewer can, open. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. It's entertainment. I think you got to look at it like a entertainer's perspective. Uh, sometimes I actually feel like you know the 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 barrage of live music is actually it's harder. It's almost be nice to start with a band, give them a comedian, bring out the next yeah. band. Yeah. It, would, it would actually probably be really great for their palates. Also, it's, their ears. It's, it's also like it's not great for the comic though. I mean, it's right. a fine show, but it's like. Like even when I opened for Shinedown and they promoted it for two weeks and told everyone that, hey, Chris Porter is going to open, still only like half the audience could give a shit. And then the people in the back were just talking to each other. And like there's only so – like you can't be mad at them because they paid to see a band and then they got this comedian as a bonus. They may not even be into stand-up comedy. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and like when I did the drive-in show, I mean, that's just a weird environment anyway, but, uh, you know, so it is what it is, but like, I enjoy doing it for the hang and more for the show, but the 20 minutes I'm on stage is definitely a weird, a weird, a weird thing. Right. I bet. I bet. Well, there's definitely different crowds. Yeah. There's definitely like, like what, anytime I've gone to. Like, you know, anything here in town here, like the comedy store or something like that, like you, you, the expectation to see comedy is like, you're already like, you're already, you're ready for it. You're not going, I think there's rarely a person goes to see a comedy, uh, you know, some stand up, and they're just like, this, this better be good. You're going to have to yeah, win yeah, me over. Me it's like, I'm already, I'm already like just laughing out loud just when I get Giddy. there. It's like, yeah, it's so maybe like, yeah, it's tough because you have to try to win over a rock audience just is, is kind of has a bit of that maybe mentality. I don't know. Yeah. And also a rock audience that may or may not have, you know, especially opening for shinedown, which is a very family band, both by, by nature of how they run things. And also there's a bunch of kids in the audience. Their songs are very uplifting and you can do it. Yeah. And so it's, And, you know, the band is very cool. They're like, yeah, go up there and say, fuck, you know, don't say it too much, but say it a couple of times if you need to. And, (laughs) and, you know, before the, before the Smith and Meyer show in Philly, like Zach came up and he's like clean ish. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know this is a different vibe. So, and I went up there and I said, I didn't say fuck at all. I said shit a couple of times. And, uh, but it is, you know, here. You're a, self, you're a pro. You can self-censor. Absolutely. And you also have to just read the room. You know, when you go right. out and you just, you see nothing but people on blankets having beers, and it's probably not the best time to throw out the blowjob material. <laughs> so <laughs> They've got they've got a charcuterie board. They, yeah, they're, <laughs> exactly. And they you're like, my girl hates anal. <laughs> and they're like, well, they're okay, kinda, I was trying to. Yeah, they got a baguette. And they're like, what? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I'm good on the sausage now. <laughs> when I I saw Faith No More, uh, Dave, you ditched on that show. You probably uh, ditched on that one. Yeah, but uh, they had I don't know if you get know who this guy is. They had a guy open, but it was like he was almost dressed up as some old. He was like he had some fake mustache and wore like a like a blue 
like wedding outfit or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? He kept coughing all the time. Oh, it was uh, like, oh, the oh. guy that um, he ran around with. <sighs> um, hold on. Who is the guy yeah. from Saturday Night Live? The super weird guy. That's a legend. Um, he wrestled women. Oh, hey, Randy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say from Taxi. Yeah. Uh, he ran around with uh, Andy Kaufman. His name's Tony. Yes, that's him. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Yes. Fuck. You're right. Tony something. Tony, hold on. <laughs> Clifton. <laughs> Tony Clifton, that's it. Tony Clifton. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that guy's been around forever. So, and that that also is like about the time Faith No More was huge. So that plays to their audience and stuff. Yeah. And now, and now it's, I'll be honest with you, uh, like I did, the, like I said, I did the Smith and Myers thing on Thursday of last week. And I had so many people blow up my Instagram. Like we were so happy that you came out and opened for them and blah, blah, blah. So now, so now I have a, I think some of it is me just going, oh, they hate me already. And I haven't even walked out on stage yet. Right. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's, no, that's, that's me every night. An entertainer. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the life of an entertainer, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, God, that's so true, though. My Lord. So you got a podcast with your sister. So it was at, uh, and I, I checked it out. It's actually, unfortunately, it's not the one millionth podcast. I checked it out. It's only like the 700,000th. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the thing was like everyone had told me to do a podcast and I did one way back in like 2011. I did like 20 episodes and the format of it required a guest and just booking guests, as you know, for a podcast can be a very tough thing. And especially here in L.A. where people are like, yeah, I'll do it. And then Monday shows up and they're like, I got an audition. And you're like, well, I can't be mad at you because but also yeah. now I'm fucked. So, uh, so I didn't do it for a long time and everyone's like, you need a podcast, you need a podcast. And then one night my sister, my sister and I, hang, she lives down the street. Uh, we hung out like once a week and we were making each other laugh. And I was like, this should be the podcast. And she was like, what would you call it? I was like, I don't know. The 1 millionth podcast. We're so late to the game. And she was like, sounds good to me. And there it is. So it's, it's basically funny. just me and my sister hanging out, making each other laugh. We joke about it a little bit because you're right. There's like so many podcasts and Ty and I were talking about doing a podcast. And I think that's what, uh, you know, there's there's a podcast for everything, every single thing you could imagine or want. Uh, for us being in rock band, I think we, we like the idea of talking to some people outside of music and kind of figuring out what, what their connection to music is. So you got a cool connection because, uh, you know, the whole black crows thing is so it's unique. You, you seem like almost like you could be a musician, you know, like your whole history, it's almost pushes you into music, but yet you're this comedian. It's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Well, path. everything I've become in my, as a con I, I say this a lot. Everything I accomplish as a comic is, the result of my failure of being a rock star. So, <laughs> may uh, wonder. Me and Dave always joke about maybe we should be comedians, but it's funny because the it, it, uh, we were saying before you came on, we were saying it's like people like have no idea how difficult it is. It's like you, there's so many of these guys that think they they start as the funny guy, you know, oh the funny friend. They're like, I could be a comedian. I make jokes all the time. It's like, dude. <laughs> No, it's not yeah. that. It's a lot harder than you it's think. It's easy to make jokes when there's like already a through line of conversation and relatability mm -hmm. with your friends and you can make jokes about shit that happened three years ago and everyone's like, oh, I don't know. But when you're talking to complete strangers who don't know you from anybody, it's it. Trust me, it takes a long time to figure out how to do. And even after 20 years, you're still kind of. Still to this day, I write jokes where I'm like, that will kill, and it's nothing. Right. Right. So that's with songs, too. It's, it's, How many times have we been like, oh, this, this is a great song? It's going to be amazing. And then for some reason, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just doesn't. I don't know. But yeah, it's, uh, it, that's totally, it's, it's, it, we try to always tell, but you know, I'm, I checked your stuff out, and you're actually, you're actually pretty good. 
<laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> but that's I'll what comedians that. do. That's what comedians do, right? They always bring it back around, I notice. They do. That's called a callback. Look at you getting it done. <laughs> well, hey, Dave, you want to say anything before we uh, let this wonderful gentleman go? And I, he's got to go in the back of a tour bus <laughs> and lay down yeah. for a week. Hey, just just thanks so much for joining us. This was uh, a lot of fun for us, uh, for me, just to... The insight is so. I I feel like I always could ask a million more questions without trying to badger you. But uh, I love the insight, uh, and I really appreciate uh, your comedy. I uh, enjoyed the research researching uh, you as a guest. So thank, just thanks for coming. Oh well, thanks for having me, you guys. Have a great day. You too, dude. We'll talk to you soon. Peace, peace, y'all. Chris Porter, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I didn't know, like he was like friends with black crows and uh, he spent some time on the road with them and hanging out with the shine down guys well it's cool because uh he's definitely interested in music uh, and uh you know the the two go hand in hand making children happy yeah how's the the great land that's right (laughs) (laughs) that's so good yeah man it's uh you, you always wonder like talking to someone that's a comedian are they always on and we discussed before, we're like, you know, are you going to talk to a comedian and he's going to be telling jokes the whole time? Or is he going to be like, hey, what's up? How are you? Because, you know, well, we played uh, we, remember we played that poker tournament at Jerry Cantrell's house. And, and it was uh, there was some pretty cool people that, you know, you were rubbing shoulders with. And Dane Cook was one of them. And I remember at the final table, like you kind of almost expect that these people are going to be making jokes and cracking jokes. And he just, he didn't seem like he was in a good mood. He wasn't very happy. And then I actually knocked him out of the final table and he just stood up and walked away. Didn't say a word, stood up, turned around, walked away. And I'm like, man, I guess he stays it all for the stage. Hey guys. Yeah. Boom. Now there's left. I think he left. He just got up and left. That was where like he brought his plumber or it was his plumber or his like his internet dude was like, (laughs) with playing poker and that was a guy where like you had to put money into the the pot to pay for all the stuff so i think it was yeah. like you put in five bucks or put in 10 bucks pays for the drinks and the and the snacks that's all hundred dollar buy-in plus 10 bucks sort of to the kitty that goes to pay for all the yeah. stuff yeah they're right if you want to drink you want a beer or something like it's all all provided and the guy refused to pay for it and remember, i'm not gonna it, drink anything no nah, i'm Man, good i don't the- i'm not gonna eat and Jerry's like, well, it's the, you know, it's for the TP. It's for the TP. Yeah, you can use his bathroom. Like, come on, just put it in. Like, no, and the no, guy refused. Remember? And we're like, we're like, just pay it. And yeah, I'll pay. On, I'll put it. I'll yeah. put it in the ten bucks. Jesus Christ! Because you're arguing in the guy's own house, and I was just like, oh, it's getting on, aggravating. Man. It was. <laughs> and we're like, well, you what's are you in or what? Are you in yeah, or I made six hundred. I made six hundred bucks. Uh, I got third place. Made six hundred bucks, and I actually got bad beat on the river there. I thought I was going to go second. I was going to become the big stack and, and win it, which would have been my dream. You know, Jerry Cantrell's my guitar idol, playing poker at his house, final table right next to Jerry, bumping shoulders. It was a good time. I lost two hundred bucks. You piece of shit. I know. T- I, I, you and Dean, I joked that of the six hundred I won, I wanted. 400 of it to actually be yours, yours and Dean's money. <laughs> it'd be, you know, Maybe it'd be a cool guest. Get a poker guy on here. That'd be a great guest. We used to play a lot you know, of poker. We used to do it all the time. You know, we want to hear from our uh, our listeners too. If you guys have a uh, guest suggestion for us, uh, email us bandmeetingpodcast uh, at gmail.com and either Tyler or I will actually read that and say, no way, no way, nope, not going to happen, not going to, uh, actually, not a bad idea. Never. No, no. Yeah. So send us a guest yeah. idea. No. Are you stupid? No. That person's deceased. Yeah. <laughs> He's a ghost. Uh, yeah. So you can check out uh, Chris Porter. He's got a bunch of socials too. We'll, uh, you know, he's, uh, I am Chris Porter on Instagram. And of course, see if you go, he's got all the stuff, comedy up on Spotify. You can stream donate, with just Chris Porter. And donate to VH1's uh, Save the Music Foundation as well. Yeah, because uh, that's uh, that's a good cause. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's a good podcast. It was nice, you know. And uh, yeah, this podcast yeah, is pretty good. Is that you know what? Surprisingly, pretty good podcast. I was surprised. Not too bad. Not bad. I was surprised they didn't suck shit. You know what? <laughs> I might listen to a second, another episode. Ah, uh, oh yeah, and one more thing. Go get the merch. Look at that. Look at that T-shirt. That is sharp looking. 
Look at that. Sharp looking. While I take a sip of this delicious coffee. Oh, Dave, is that the 15 ounce or the 11 ounce? Uh, that's the that's the large cup. Uh, you know, I like to I like a big cup of coffee. So both both available on our merch store, bandmeetingpodcast.com. You can go there for all of your information and uh, merchandise needs. So check that shit out, and uh, we'll see you and hear from you and listen. Well, you can say yeah, whatever. Next yeah. one, huh? exactly. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.